Now may the grace and peace from God our Father and His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, be with you. And it surely is God's will that you are here today more than two or three gathered together in the name of Christ, which is to say in the name of Jesus' forgiveness. And so this grace and peace are yours on his account. So that you may hear this word of Christ, you are gathered here. This word which is your everything, as Val has pointed out to us. In the midst of wherever you are in this old world, which is a world full of sin. Our sin, by the way. But in the midst of this, Christ gives you his word. In this old world full of what-ifs and oh-wells and what-could-have-beens, now you have a sure promise, a given for you. Now here, Christ takes you to himself directly in the forgiveness of your sin because in Christ alone you are made whole. And so you have his grace and his peace. Amen. Well, have you ever wondered what to do if someone were ever to sin against you? Have you ever wondered this? Well, I shouldn't say if. It's more likely a when someone sins against you, for here we are in this old world, and this is what happens. We sin, and there are victims to sin. There are times when such advice can be so helpful. I can remember as a child, though it wasn't directly from Jesus' teaching here, it was from Paul's teaching in Ephesians where he says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. I remember hearing this as a child, and of course, the person I was most angry with most of the time was my brother. You know, brothers sin against each other in lots of ways. And there was one night where I went to him. I thought, well, I'm not going to let the sun go down. Uh, for whatever reason, sounds a little strange as I tell it to you now, but I uh, told him, I forgive you, brother. And I think he was a bit astonished. I said, I wanted to let you know this before the sun goes down. This is what Paul says. And there was strangely freedom in this for me and for him. Of course, it didn't take long for that freedom in me to be replaced by pride. And uh, I had to tell my mom what I had done, of course, so all of the freedom went out the window. Uh, but there was freedom in this. Well, Jesus in Matthew 18 doesn't talk about the sun going down, but he does teach if another member of the church community sins against you, go to them independently, privately. Talk to them about it. And in doing so, if they listen to you, you will regain that one, Jesus says. So we get the spirit of what Jesus is teaching. It's not to say I'm right and you're wrong, though that is our temptation, isn't it? It is to regain that one. But Jesus also is a realist. He recognizes that this might not always work. And so if it doesn't, if the person ignores you, doesn't listen to you, does not repent, go with a couple of others, do the same thing. And if the person ignores the three or two of you, then go to the church, Jesus says. And if finally the person does not repent who has sinned against you, well, then you treat them as a tax collector or a Gentile, Jesus says. And if you know anything about, about the Jewish community and Gentiles, well, they were like this. And tax collectors, even more so. And so the temptation here is to think, well, then I'm done with this person. I don't have to talk to them again. But there is a point in the gospel, if you know what Jesus is up to, you know that his ministry isn't just to separate, it is actually to go after the Gentiles and to go after the tax collectors 
and bring them back in through the forgiveness of sins. So I wouldn't say that this is a complete separation. But Jesus is giving this beautiful teaching so that there may be peace, so that there may be forgiveness preached. And there are a couple parts of this teaching that deserve a bit more attention. The first is that Jesus is not suggesting that when a sin is committed, it be ignored or brushed over in the name of grace or forgiveness. No, he's saying that in order for his forgiveness to be heard, the sin must be named. This is indeed what he teaches when he says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Remember, this is the second time Jesus has said this uh, to the disciples. He's giving the keys to the kingdom and they might be a little troubling to us. What does it mean to bind someone? And there may be a temptation to, to think that this is the power to bind whoever we want as the authority of the church. But this is not exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying that this authority now is to say where there's no forgiveness, you are stuck in your sin. Where the sin is not named, repented, and forgiven, well, it's just stuckness, boundness, you are bound. That is the key of binding. But where forgiveness is proclaimed, there is freedom. Now, I remember as a child, our neighbor on Elm Street in Moorhead, Minnesota, had a swing set. And like any well-used swing set, it, ha it, it had no grass underneath it, just, a, uh, just dirt, and uh, kind of dirt in the radius of the swing as kids' feet would drag along the ground. And this was fine when it was dry, but when it rained, this became a big mud puddle, which was actually even better for kids. And I remember as a child, I don't recall that anyone told me, don't go into the mud puddle. And so my friend next door and I decided we would uh, trudge through the mud puddle, and it was ooey-gooey mud, and I got stuck. And I was young enough, small enough, that this was actually pretty scary, and I started to cry. I was stuck in the mud. I couldn't get out. Finally, some, someone came and uh, helped me out. Some of the neighbor kids pulled me out of the mud, and there were my shoes stuck in the mud puddle. Well, this is the, this is the binding key. It is to say when you are stuck in the mud, you are stuck. When you are stuck in your sin, there is no freedom outside of Christ's forgiveness. This is the binding key. Uh, but the authority of the church, this is your authority now, is also to say, you are forgiven. It is to say, I forgive you your sins. And where there is forgiveness, well, then there is freedom. And this is Jesus' desire for this community and for the church and truly for the world. It is that Christ's forgiveness may be preached and heard. Now, we've heard a little bit about this already from the psalmist and from Ezekiel. Uh, the psalmist, though we, we sang our psalm today in the form of a hymn, uh, Psalm 119 talks a lot about God's law, and we just uh, got part of it today, verses 33 to 40. But the psalmist says this, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities. 
Give me life in your ways. The psalmist reminds us that God's law is still in force, that the commandments are still important. They direct us as to how to live, how to love our neighbor and how to love God. And the psalmist sounds pretty proud uh, and happy with them, but seeking God's guidance as we need guidance. But the psalm turns a little bit in the next verse, verse 38. The psalmist writes, confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. There is a promise now that comes to you apart from the law that you might have to hear Paul say it. The psalmist won't be as clear. Uh, Ezekiel has a similar concern, and we heard from Ezekiel uh, say this. He said it maybe a little more forcefully. He said, our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. How can we live? And God's word for Ezekiel to share with Israel and now for us shows that what God wants is not brushing the sins under the rug, but for them to be named and repented. So God tells Ezekiel, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And we're reminded that, as Paul teaches, the wages of sin is finally our death. Yet God has a better word for you than just that. It is that Christ comes to take your sin away. And when someone sins against you, you can share this word with them that Christ comes to forgive them as well. And so Jesus' words in Matthew 18 acknowledge that we live in an old world and we sin against each other in this old world. And that when this happens in the church, we have a beautiful and yes, sometimes difficult call to go to each other and use the keys of the kingdom, the authority to bind and to loose, not in order to show that you are right and I am wrong or vice versa, but so that we may forgive each other. Whether the sun is going down or not, this is God's will and actually his call and now his freedom for you. This is indeed why you are here to begin with. Because you need this forgiveness, and so do I. It is truly in the freedom of Christ's forgiveness that you can go and share this authority, the keys to bind and to loose. And so I share it with you now. This promise that you first received in your baptism, the promise that you will again receive in the Lord's Supper, I share it with you that your sins, that is where you have not loved God with all your heart or your neighbor as yourself, they are forgiven in Christ's name. And if you need more examples of what this looks like, well, we can go to Romans 13, where Paul lays them out. Do not commit adultery. Do not lie. Do not dishonor your parents. Do not steal. In any of these ways, do not covet. Christ now comes and says, this is your sin, but I take it from you. You are forgiven. Wherever you do not match up with this description of love, well, Christ makes you new in the forgiveness of his sin. Amen.